you trying to tell me, Paul? That Victor's wicked? Insane? Wicked? Insane? Evil? Call Frankenstein what you will. A demon had made a man-made monster. And now, the monster was the master. Paul! What are you going to do? For your sake and to protect Elizabeth, I've so far kept silent. But now I shall go to the authorities and have them destroy that creature. And see that you pay for these atrocities. No! A sword. Because, like, that's a bigger knife. You can't... Like, if you charge, like, Krav Maga, you can't Krav Maga a sword. Right. What situation are most people going to be in where they there's someone that has a sword? Ninjas. I think that if you're facing a ninja, you've done something to warrant your death. True. The ninjas come and kill me. I think I'm they would do dead. it. Yeah. What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. You're listening to Cinema Parlor. It is Halloween season. Here at Cinema Parlor. It's a good time of year. It's You're a little sour on it right now. I'm pissed as hell. You know what is your favorite time of year? When it is cold to nice brisk. Mm-hmm. You're a lukewarm boy. I hate the evil, evil sun. For this month, we have a number of lovely special episodes dedicated to the Halloween season. For today's episode, our first episode, we're going to be going over curse. Of Frankenstein from Terrence Fisher. The Curse of Frankenstein. The Curse of Frankenstein. Melanie, what are we drinking for today's episode? Today we are drinking what I'm calling the monster. So it's got kind of a greenish hue. I don't know if you can really tell in this light, but white cranberry juice, bourbon, and a little bit of sour apple pucker. I threw a cherry in there just because I don't really know that it's doing anything. I'm enjoying this drink. It's tasty. It's a lovely drink. Well done. Since it's Halloween time ask you guys the questions that are the spooky in nature so since frankenstein is one of cinema's very first monster what is your guys's favorite monster in cinema favorite monster in cinema yes monster movies what is your favorite monster for me it is king kong the original i think that the design is really good. You can see Willis O'Brien's personality through it. And I think that it was so influential on the giant monster movies that would follow in the 50s. And it would inspire so many filmmakers and creators. Big fan of King Kong. I mean, it's going to be... The thing that scares me the most is the shark and Jaws. That's not really... It's not the, It's not scariest monster. It's, what is your favorite movie monster? I know, but to me it's the most effective, because I'm concerned. If we're, you need a monster, it's Creature from Creature of the Black Lagoon. I think that the Gilman design is so good in that first film. I think the underwater photography of it is so beautiful. I think it's a masterpiece. So that is probably my overall favorite design and creature. But the thing that scares me the most was still the shark and jaws. 
I think it looks what great. Do you I don't think know what of... people are talking about with the shark looking phony because that's been a conversation. Recently. Well, that's silly. Yeah, the shark looks great. Yeah. What do you think of the evolution of the creature? So that that three film series, he I think it he looks best gets a different <laughs> different look throughout them, and then you have revisits to the creature. There's Gilman and Monster Squad, and then the Academy Award winning Shape of Water. Well, and also, um, oh, what's that creature in who's also played by Doug Jones? I think. Abe Sabian. Yeah, that's yeah. also a really cool from Hellboy. Yeah, kind of version of that creature. I really like the look of him in Shape of Water and Hellboy, but that first design is my favorite. I think it's perfect. Very basic here. I mean, it's the xenomorph from Alien. It's a good answer. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies. And, you know, Geiger's design is damn near perfect. And uh, it's creepy. Very sexual. You know, just just it's what nightmares are made of. It never looks as good as it does in the first mm-hmm. film. It's su- yeah. such a and good design. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a great monster. Mm. I agree. I think it's one of the best designed creatures ever. A random one here that uh, I don't know that it. Just something I enjoy a lot is the Tar Man from uh, oh, yeah. Return of the Living Dead. That's, That's a fun one. Hooray! <laughs> He looks really great in that movie. Yeah. 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 That's no, good design. Good question, Stacy. And uh, with that, uh, let's get into the film for today's episode. And that would be Curse of Frankenstein. The Curse of Frankenstein. The Curse of Frankenstein, uh, directed by Terrence Fisher. 1957. 1957. The creature created by man and forgotten by nature. Baron Victor Frankenstein. Is this, I'm going to mess that up. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I mean, I think you could say either. People know what you're talking okay. about. Has discovered life's secret and unleashed a blood-curdling chain of events resulting from his creation. A cursed creature with a horrid face and a tendency to kill. So, you know, to the point. Small. That's all right. All right. Uh, Stacy, this was your pick for yeah. this month. Uh, what made you choose The Curse of Frankenstein? It... Kickstarted, I know the Quartermass Experiment slash Creeping Terror or whatever the name, Creeping Flesh. I know that that movie kind of kickstarted the Hammer Horror. I feel like that's a proof of con- concept that, you know, that type of movie could work for them. It's really Curse of Frankenstein that, like, informs the rest of the films that would follow. And that's that gothic style it's well and also just the success of it it propelled everything that would come yeah for sure well and also like horror was kind of in a funk at that time it was mostly science fiction horror you would get the occasional curse of the demon or night of the demon outside of that it was mostly atomic monster movies you know this is godzilla beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms the thing from another world which it skews a little bit closer to that classic style, but it, it is very much sci-fi atomic age. So this kind of brings it back to the original horror films that Hollywood was putting out, which was you know, the universal gothic films. With this film, I think Terrence Fisher, Jack Asher, who does the cinematography, I think that they established a style which they kept in-house for the titles that would follow that... 
the, just this gothic atmosphere brought to life. And I think it informed where American cinema would go with Roger Corman and his AIP pictures, the Edgar Allan Poe movies that he was doing with Vincent Price. So I think the Hammer Horror is fondly remembered now and highly influential. Important film. Mm-hmm. Yep. Melanie? This is one of my favorite Hammer Horror films. It was one of the first that I ever saw. Again, I'm a creature of nostalgia and habit, so I love revisiting things over and over again. The Curse of Frankenstein, the Curse or Curse of the Werewolf, Brides of Dracula, those, those are like the first Hammer Horror that I found. And they're some of my favorite. The lighting in these films, the cinematography, everything about it. I love the aesthetic. I love, obviously, this cast of actors is incredible and... I like that they return so often to the Hammer brand. So I just, I love this film. I think this is an okay movie. It's not a personal favorite of mine. Uh, You kind of compared it with the Universal run, which I do understand its importance, as you talked about. But for me, I kind of think of it the same way I do almost as Dracula, the original, because I also see its importance. Now, I think this is a much better film than the original Dracula. I'm just talking about how they kind of both started each run of stuff run of things and i it's it's a bit stuffy for me i i find it a bit on the boring side at times but i do understand its importance um it's just not a not a personal favorite of mine but i think it's a well directed movie as you guys talked about the lighting is great uh, i i kind of get a little bored by this this set here i i as with you Melanie, i really like brides of dracula i like the dracula films a lot more in the hammer there's and, a lot more big gothic yeah. set pieces like you were talking about and so i just i just found this one just just a bit uh on the on the stiff side but that's all right um still a movie i respect just not one that i love so that's where i'm at do you want some tidbits absolutely jimmy sangster wrote the screenplay he's kind of a jack of all trades this is a really good retelling of Mary Shelley's. Yes. Part of the reason that, you know, this skewed a little bit, like in, with elements like Justine and Baron and all of that, you know, being so important in this film and taking it back to, because the 30s Frankenstein was set as a contemporary film when it came yes. out. So this is very much like it tells you at the beginning, a hundred years ago, Hammer was not allowed to use any elements from Universal's Frankenstein. So they very purposely were not allowed to use any any of the makeup, any of the lab look, just any of the look or story elements of that film. They were not allowed. I love the look of the lab in the film. I, I like it too. And I think the cool thing when you watch these Frankenstein adaptations is I think it's always interesting how they're going to do the birthing scene. Because in the book, it's she doesn't really talk about it. It's more of like magic. Brilliance of that book is so much is left up to magic. It's like this indescribable thing that's happening. And also the way the creature is described, it's not specific. So this film definitely goes for more of like a like chemicals and like colors and stuff. When, you know, the original film has the iconic look with like all the electrical stuff and mm-hmm. the lightning you know, coming in. The Brana version involves him being reanimated through eels. I was going to say, it has a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. So each version changes. So it's pretty interesting. 
Uh, so Jimmy Sangster, he also wrote Dracula, which they followed this up with. He he went on to direct horror Frankenstein and Lust for a Vampire, which are you know some of the seventies entries that are a little less serious, more sexy and comedic in nature. They get very horny. More up my alley. Phil Leakey did the makeup design on Christopher Lee, which I think he did a great job. He eventually left the studio because the, uh, I guess after a few entries, he thought the producer was just pinching too many pennies. And his apprentice, I, I don't have his name right now, but he ended up taking over. Um, but I, I think Phil Leakey's makeup design is very interesting for the creature. I have a really cool copy of a, it came out probably, I would say like 10 years ago, uh, Monsters in Filmland where they had a tutorial for this uh, Frankenstein look and the back of it. It's very cool. Yeah, I'll have to post a picture of it. It's really neat. I saved it because I loved it so much. I was nice. I practiced that makeup a couple of times. That's cool. I would say my, like for me, probably uh, the look of the monster is, is probably like my favorite thing in this movie. I think it looks great. I yeah I think since they couldn't use elements of Universal mm-hmm. I really like what they did. It's pretty creepy too. Yeah, and Chris really is so great. Mm-hmm. His characterization is sure. good. I know he's just supposed to be a mindless thing that's thumping around, but he his physicality is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he would go on to be a star for him. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's interesting because so this was co-produced with Warner Brothers, and if you follow the series. The third entry is actually co-produced with Universal Pictures and they scrap the continuity they had going and do kind of a one-off where the creature has like the Universal design and it it looks terrible. It looks kind of like a, almost like satire, like they're making fun of it. Yeah, it's like a weird paper mache type head. It's 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 very strange. So this film is also touted for being one of the first films to introduce gore to horror, which I think that's pretty remarkable. It ended up getting a X certificate when it released in England. Everybody was mad about it, but uh, you know, the way they would do their ratings and stuff, especially over there at the time, like Battleship Potemkin had an X certificate for politics. So <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. I feel like this film, it doesn't, it shows you just enough because it does like the colors the blood is so it's mm-hmm. so striking and bright against like all these gray backgrounds and mm-hmm. there's a lot of taupe and gray in the lab and then you have these bottles that are full of whatever magical chemicals that are really bright and then you'll get something on his apron or right. on a cloth whenever he's shaking mm-hmm. something into the vat of water and really ties I, the room together it's just enough yeah it, it you get some show. eyeballs you get that nice shot of him looking at eyeballs and it's like the shot reverse shot of you see the close up of the eyeball, and then it's him with the glass, and then back, and then yeah, kind of cheeky. It's very cheeky. I I love that because that's like a, a moment in this film that you kind of sticks with you is his eye under the magnifying glass while he's looking at this damaged eye that he's reconstructing. Mm-hmm. Noni's notes. You've been boring me since the day we met. Ouch. <laughs> Let's do this. That's like a thing to say to an ex-lover whenever you jilt them. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> You've been boring. Really, you're the one that's hurt, but you say to them, you're the one that's been boring me the moment you met me. Alright, let's do this. <laughs> Alright, a start from the beginning type story. Peter Cushing is Victor Frankenstein. He's in a prison cell telling us how he's got into the predicament, predicament he's found himself in. 
Uh, we see Victor as a boy whose father died at the age of five. He is in charge of his family and their wealth. Through the years, he and his tutor work, and his tutor's name is Paul. Paul, thank you. Uh, through the years, they have uh, worked on experimentations until one day they have a breakthrough bringing the dead back to life. Can we slow down a bit? Yeah. What do you think of that kid? The kid Baron. I thought he, I think he's really good. He's funny. He, he looks a lot like a little Peter too. I really I think they did great casting. I love how he's like a dick from the very beginning. He's like, "Yes, I understand. Like I get out of here. I'm going to pay your I'm going to pay for you to live. I Go love away." The she's being so sweet the entire time. I mean, obviously it's just a veil to get the money. Right. They depend on it. Yes, I understand. Whatever. He's very like, okay. No time for scoot, that. Scoot, scoot, scoot. And then she turns after all these pleasantries with him. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Baron. The first of the month. And he's like, I understand. Get the fuck out. <laughs> His attitude. It's, it feels, it's very much the same as Peter's version of that character. It's, it's good. There's a lot of continuity. So yes, they have a, a breakthrough uh, on their experimentations, bringing the dead back to life. They bring a puppy back from the dead, uh, and it's time to try this experiment on a human, uh, a dead body, human that is, uh, finding different uh, limbs. A dead body human? Different organs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, making their own creature here, you know? That's different. It's not. It's a different experiment they're doing. He wants to create life. He wants to create life, not take it away. Enter Elizabeth. Uh, Victor's cousin that has come to live with him and Paul and uh, you know she is uh, I don't know what I was going to say is she a Doesn't lover? Is she pretty? she's beautiful she's pretty you know if she were your cousin would you marry her? probably <laughs> <laughs> I mean you'd have to back when it was not looked frowned upon I guess so, oh, wait, I mean, that's so one you... thing in this movie is it's never looked down upon here you know this is like a way of life, it seems. Yeah, you gotta keep the bloodline pure. Keep the bloodline going. Are you wishing it would go back to that? No, I'm just saying... Nolan, do you think you'd be a good baron? Probably. Wait. I'd be good at, like, telling people, hold, do this hold. for me. <laughs> Wait, so you'd just be good at managing a house and ordering people around? Yeah. Having servants? That, no, at, no, no, no. I'm that's, good at... That is not managing a house, like... He he pays people, and he's also, like, their benefactor. I've got money. If I'm a baron. You're going to keep track with all that? He's I'm rich enough where it don't matter. Look, I give you money, you do what I want. You're going to be bankrupt. You're Keep bankrupt. the house in order. Baron. Make me my dinners. Bring me some hookers. Whatever, you know? Or, no, you just have a maid. Or a maid that I she have relations pregnant, with here and there. Yeah. It all works out. Yeah, I mean, it typically does for those types. You might be president someday. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yes, you talked about the maid. We meet, uh, really, we get to meet the maid. Victor and the maid, they get uh, get together, you know. They've got some some side goings on. This, that, and the other. I don't some know. Passion, some passion. love, you know. Uh, Victor just going around rounding up different body parts and organs uh, for his dead body he wants to bring back to life. Uh, we meet a Professor Bernstein. Oh, hold on. Yes. So let me ask you this. Okay. 
with the collecting of the body parts. Yep. How do you feel about that? I like it. I mean, he's like, he doesn't ever explain. He's like, I gotta go out for a while. I'll be back at some point. You think that's acceptable? Yeah. He's doing what he's gotta do. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's my lord, my liege, you know? So he's like, hey, Paul, I'm gonna let him leave for a while, you know? I'll be back when I want. And that's all right. Mm-hmm. What's Paul gonna do about it? Would you rob a grave? If you were. Is, supposedly you're this baron. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't ever create a monster. What would you do? I, I just told you a few minutes ago. You I'd, would have, you would I'd have a lot of sex. Around. I'd eat a lot. And just tell people what to do and make me comfortable. Okay. I'd, I'd be in a discomfort. You know, gotcha. Probably a personal masseuse. Uh, someone to, you know, do some... Uh, Nail work? Ma- yeah, some pedicures, manicures. Some maybe, you know... <laughs> The audience can't see this, but Nolan just looked down at his fingers and was looking at his cuticles like, yeah, I could have someone shape these (laughs) while they feed me grapes. That's the life I want. You did ask him what he would do as a baron, and I feel like that is accurate. (laughs) So, yes, we meet uh, Professor Bernstein. He comes over to Victor's house for brandy and smokes. Says something about... Uh, how you shouldn't uh, spend all your life in stuffy rooms, I agree, doesn't seem to, uh, that Terrence Fisher agreed with this. Agree. Nolan, whenever you see, because most often, mm-hmm. and I just watched Adam's Family recently, okay. and there's the same type of glass with brandy. Yeah. It's always just a, a, a little bit. A thimble mm-hmm. of brandy in this giant glass, and they air it yeah. out and swirl it. it, swish it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make you, like... Every time you see oh, that, want do you, you want that glass and you Absolutely. want a little bit of brandy. Yeah, my only question is, why Why do they always just have that little bit, you know? It's something with airing it out, aromatic. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that, you know, I like brandy, but maybe I need to learn from that. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm pouring too much in my cup when I have But you have need a, nice... a big bowl, essentially. Yeah. A bowl. I need to get a nice brandy cup. Yeah, I think that's a good call. And just have Every it by I my bedside. It. Have it, like, when we have... You know, if we have get-togethers, you know, maybe... Yeah, you know? Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe just have that ready to go. I like that. But every time I see it, I do. I think, I'm like, mm-hmm. Nolan does like a brain. Why doesn't he have just this big goblet yeah. that he can swirl things in? I'm trying to <laughs> bring that barren life yeah. to your life. Manifest. The fake barren life. That's what 2022 mm-hmm. is all about. He's manifesting his barren life. Damn right. I'm here for it. <laughs> The professor leaves us as soon as we've met him. Uh, Victor kills the professor, making it seem like an accident. He now has... uh, So he kills the professor because he needed a brain. He now has the brain he's been wanting and searching for. Do we have any thoughts on the professor's untimely death? Well, he made, like, such a fuss about the brain not being damaged, but to kill him, he dropped him on his head off of, like... That's true. He does land head first. Forehead first. Which... Getting hit in the frontal lobe is, like, the worst thing that can happen for you. Like, even if you don't die, it you messes... up there. Yeah, it messes with you, and often it's found serial killers had sort of some frontal head injury. Yeah. Just well, have you ever land on your head? I mean, I've been hit in the head a few times. Uh, one in particular, uh, I can just talk about real fast, is at, uh, at a school I worked for a number of years back, so they had a, a a big like closet area under the gym where they would store sports equipment. 
I had to go under there to retrieve a basketball. And to get into that space, the door was only about four feet. So you have to duck in when you go in. But as you duck in, it gets taller up to like six feet. opens up. So seven, you know. So I went in there, put the basketball in, and I turned around and as I was leaving, I completely like forgot that I just came under like a four foot area. And as I turned around to like, I was just going full speed walking (laughs) and I just ran right in. You brained yourself. Yeah. Like into this. Big was it wood? Oh, it was wood frame. Yeah, oh. it knocked me back on my ass. I I fell. You fell down all the way down. You I, have to think if you're walking full force. Yeah, full stride. You, I, t- you taller people. I blacked out for a second. Like I was okay, oh, but you like, saw like Tweety Bird. Yes, absolutely. Like a cartoon. Like I was out of it for like probably a good minute. You knocked yourself out. Yeah. Well, luckily nobody else saw it. I was there by myself. That's so- the part that. <laughs> Not that you could have actually damaged yourself and maybe there's something wrong with you. No one saw, so we're I'm good. good. <laughs> so you would say I laid if... there for like five minutes making oh. sure I was alright. Did you feel sick to your stomach? Yeah. Probably had a concussion. Probably. But I made it through. But Drove was... home, went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I would say oh if somebody was reanimating a corpse, they would not want to use your brain. Yeah. A damaged brain and I've never been the same since, obviously. Don't you think that would be a fond monster, though, if you... His brain? Yeah, that's kind of, like, <laughs> kind of kooky. Like, that's the type of brain you want. I think it'd be helpful for a lot of people. Wait, <laughs> in what way? Would it be good if you, you know how you can that you're an organ donor, only to a mad scientist? And only I want the brain. To, I want to be turned into a monster, thank you. <laughs> I'll give you the So you brain. can terrorize the You can fake me. Yeah, you brain. know... Birkin hair, that wouldn't have been a big deal if, like, we had the things we got now with the, the organ bar. donor, yeah. yeah. That's true. I mean, I still think there's some problems, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should be able to donate your brain to science. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there should be a program if you, mm. if yeah. you do want to give it up to somebody to, yeah. to just experiment. That's true. Yeah. Can I give one more just quick story? Absolutely, you can. I, I had another brain-damaging moment, like... <laughs> A couple weeks ago. Wait, things. just two weeks ago? Yeah, this a was just a couple weeks ago. A lot of things are starting to make sense, though. Yeah, and this was just, again, I, I find myself in these situations where I'm by myself, so, like, nobody could help me. So I was, watched, I, a couple weeks ago, I had to dog sit for my parents, and so I went to their house and, mm-hmm. and dog sit for them. They were gone for the weekend. And my dad has this rolly chair. I was, like, leaning back in it, and I was just in, I was having a good night, you know? Yeah. I was leaning back, and the chair just completely collapsed under me and as i was leaning back it it went and i fell all the way back in this the house they're in they have a wood floor and then <laughs> i would have been fine like because Ugh. the back mostly would have caught myself but as i was falling they have um what's the word i'm looking for an ottoman of sorts behind the chair a little ways back as i fell i fell onto the corner of that ottoman and smashed the back of my head, fell backwards, all the way back, smashed the side of my head onto the corner of that, and I had like a nasty cut and bruise there for a good week. It's feeling better now, but that was a a moment where I didn't black out on that one, but I was definitely like, I did not, yeah, I was a little concerned for my well-being for a few minutes, for sure. So, you know... (laughs) 
head injuries, you know. Do you have any head injuries? I mean, I guess like the goofiest one it was at our friend's wedding. I was the best man and I was to retrieve him. It was in this large church. So I was like, okay, I gotta go get him. So I was in this area that I did not recognize and the lights were down and I walked directly into a glass like wall Mm-hmm. And with your head, yeah, head, head with burst. my head, head burst, smashed into it. Yeah. It's like the Nolan thing. Well, luckily nobody saw. <laughs> I'm fine. So I come up there, find them, and they're like, "Oh, You're- what's going on?" My whole like eyebrow was bashed open, and blood was just shooting out of my face. Was it on your clothes? It was getting really close to get on my tux. Man, what color was the tux? Black? I think so. White mm. shirt, though. Huh? White shirt, yeah. Mm. But luckily, the uh, the bride's stepfather was a a doctor or something. Yeah, he he they he, yeah they cleaned it up and like the, gorilla glued my eye. Yep. Yeah. It probably needed stitches, but yeah, we just glued it. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is I got a really bad black eye once because at the we have a big fair here every summer. And I was walking around with my family, and there was this trash can that has, like, it's one of those big industrial heavy-duty metal trash cans for all the fair trash for the businesses that are right next to it. And it had this thing that I think the machine hooks into and picks up, dumps it over, Mm -hmm. sets it back down. So it's essentially, like, a circle on a pole that sticks out. It's metal that sticks out from the trash can itself, and I'm was very short still am my my dad someone said something and i turned and so i was looking at them while we were walking full speed i walked right into it and hit it where the circle hit like i could like look through it like a telescope i hit it and i fell back (laughs) and my dad he just goes oh (laughs) i had a huge black eye like a really nasty nasty black eye where my eye was all Mm. bloodshot like it was super gross i looked like frankenstein's monster (laughs) and that night they decided that we were going to do one of those old timey photo booth pictures. So oh. there's a picture of me and it's the black eye isn't that bad in the picture, mm-hmm. but you can tell cause it's a black and white photo and it just looks like part of my eye is like my cheek is like concaved in. So they, they thought that was a good time to like, let's commemorate this yeah. moment. So none of our brains are good for science. No. Win some, you lose some. That's what I say. So, Paul and Victor get into a bit of a uh, fight here. Uh, they're at odds, uh, to say the least. Uh, Paul suspects that Victor killed the professor on purpose. Uh, Paul, I want, I, I want to bring this out as a uh, something I, I really enjoyed. Paul has a beautiful red velvet robe that he wears at one point. As uh, I think Victor goes into his room to talk to him. Um, but anyway, game knows game, so... Yeah, That's what I'm saying there. So when you kill someone on purpose, what would we call that? Murder. I just thought it was funny the way you wrote it. <laughs> he killed him on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's all right. You know. Wait, Nolan. I do have a question. Yeah. Mentor relationships, you know, notoriously throughout yeah. history. Would you have liked it more if Paul and... Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Paul yeah. and Victor should have had yeah, more this, of a... This film just plays it too safe for me, personally. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, and that's alright. You know, not everything has to be aimed for my Because Paul's quite a brain. bit, you know, he's at least 
we'll say 10 to be yeah. nice, but I feel like it's probably closer to 15 or 20 mm-hmm. years older than it's Victor. True. Yeah. Victor is a very young man that he comes to tutor at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. You know, that's one thing I really embrace about the James Whale pictures is there's, a, there's some nice gay undertones in those. Anyway, the monster is created. Uh, we finally get Christopher Lee. He appears and he is hideous and a mean SOB. He tries to choke Victor. Do you think that Peter Cushing has been strangled the most in front of a camera? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's like some girl on the internet. Yeah. For like cinema. <laughs> he gets like choked out in every single film. Mm-hmm. And he's he's really good at receiving it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Paul and Victor, uh, their, their fight continues. Uh, Paul damages the brain uh, when him and Victor have a... Uh, as I just... Uh, I don't know. This again, right? They had a fight. Victor is determined to fix the brain and thus save the monster. Uh, the monster has a. Do you guys call it the creature or monster? I call it monster, but it probably does creature it's, in the movie. It's titled as creature. You call it. Yeah. Anymore. Okay. The creature has escaped. Tough break for Victor. This is my personal favorite scene in the movie. We get we meet a blind grandpa and a redheaded youngster out taking a stroll in the woods. Uh, the blind. Uh, the blind man encounters the monster, uh, the creature. The creature. You don't have to correct yourself. <laughs> I, no, okay. It doesn't matter. They know what you're talking about. <laughs> the creature breaks his cane and slays the old timer. Yeah. What'd you guys think of this scene? When when he was begging, like, I'm just an old blind man, how far away do you think he was from MacGruber? Like, I'll suck your fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he probably was getting close to being to that point, I would say. Uh, yes, the blind man. Uh, yes, he died. Okay, Paul and, and Vic- hold on. What do you think about the little kid dying? Yeah, I mean, look, you didn't even mention the little redhead. Well, yeah, he did, but it was brief. Yeah, but he didn't even say like, look, he died out out searching for rocks or something by some pond or creek, you know, and he had it coming probably. The kid, you know, what are you gonna do? Paul and Victor. Find the monster. Uh, Paul shoots him in the face. So you talked a little bit about those gory moments. Here's one of those gory moments where we actually uh, see the monster get shot in the in the eye, the head area. It looks good. It, it does look good. Yeah. And some, some blood there as well. So yeah. Paul and Victor bury the monster's body in the woods. Uh, Victor is teed off at Paul for shooting the monster. Paul has decided to leave Victor in the house. Uh, Victor tricked Paul, and he has the monster back in his laboratory. He swears to bring the monster back to life. I like how you said laboratory. That's right. We get to the point where we talked about the relationship that Victor and the maid had earlier. Victor has betrayed the maid at this point. She tells him that she's pregnant, but he is planning on marrying his cousin, Elizabeth. The maid threatens to tell all the townsfolk about the monster if she doesn't marry if he doesn't marry her. What do you think about those rippings he gives her? Pick anybody in the town. Mm-hmm. His acting in that moment, he's wonderful all the time, but... He's very I, vile in this film. He, oh, his portrayal of Victor, he is such a shit, and I really like it. Mm-hmm. He's so gross. Yeah. Not sympathetic at all in this film. No. That will change. Later yeah. films, he will become more sympathetic. He, his characterization changes from film to film, but I, I like this a lot. He's very mean and nasty. A nasty boy. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so the maid is very ticked off, obviously. So she's 
decided to go down to his laboratory and Victor's and try and find proof of his creation. Uh, as she's doing this, Victor himself uh, knows that she's going to go that way and sets a bit of a trap for her. Victor locks her in with the monster as she goes down there. The monster makes her another victim, takes out the maid. Then we get Victor and Elizabeth. They are set to be married. They have a little bit of a celebration. We get a shot of a very merry-looking gentleman just really digging into the bourbon bowl or, or some type of alcoholic mm -hmm. beverage. And he's just drinking many cups, and he, he's very happy. Do you think that this could be a reference to Bride of Frankenstein? I mm -hmm. believe there's a gentleman who does the same thing. I actually hadn't thought about that. Good call. I like that. Okay. Uh, so they have the celebration. Um Elizabeth basically says she doesn't think Paul is going to show up. And then, out of nowhere, Paul does show up and gives them a visit. Uh, he goes up to visit Victor in the laboratory. Victor shows Paul that he has brought the monster back to life. Uh, we see the monster, hell of a haircut. He's got that uh, shaved, like, right in the middle. Because he had to obviously do brain surgery again on him. Uh, Victor shows that he's trained the monster. Uh, I wrote down uh, we get some day of the dead vibes there paul is disturbed and upset uh, elizabeth goes up to the laboratory uh, laboratory let me say it right uh, the monster unchains himself as she goes up there victor tries to save elizabeth from the monster he shoots elizabeth in the arm on accident uh, the monster cells set no, i'm sorry the monster sets himself on fire and falls to his death victor's life work is ruined paul as we after this we get the Back to the flash forward. So now we're back in real time as Paul has finished telling his, or I'm sorry, Victor has finished telling his story. Paul visits Victor in the jail cell. Paul, uh, Victor wants Paul to tell them the truth of what happened. Paul won't tell the truth. And Victor uh, basically has to suffer the consequences. Paul then takes Elizabeth home with uh, probably intentions to make Elizabeth his wife. Hold on. Or his own. The readings of that ending. Victor tells Paul, he's like, you have to tell them the creature killed Justine. Because that's it seems like that's what he's being held for, which I think is a little bit of a, a plot hole. Because I would just assume that he would have disposed of Justine in the vat of acid like everything else. Yeah. So I don't know how they have proof that he killed her. But that's true. Paul saying back at Victor... It's like... He says you did kill her. Ultimately... It he is implying that, like... You know, you did it. You created the monster, whether it was yeah. his or yours. Right. You it's a teachable it. moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I, I fully understand the reading in the film, but I do like the idea that he, the second he sees Elizabeth, Paul sees Elizabeth, the relationship between him and Victor change because he just wants that sweet, sweet cousin action. Elizabeth. Mysterious. Mm-hmm. From the get-go, as soon as he sees her, he's like, you've got to get out of this house and I'm not going to do an experiment anymore. And he just wants her. Paul wants some Elizabeth. To be fair to Paul, it is pretty heinous shit that Victor's doing. He is a perpetual line stepper. And Paul was there every step of that. He tried to talk him out of it. He helped him get the, the original dead body. But after that, I feel like he didn't you, help anymore. You don't come back from that. From grave ro grave robbing? Yeah, I feel like you, he already knew what he, his intention was. They brought a puppy back. At, at I, this, I mean, at that point, then you'd be saying that 
character of Victor Frankenstein is not a redeemable character, which I think in the books and in certain movies, they do make him redeemable and Of course, I'm sympathetic. not talking about that character as a whole. I'm talking very specifically, singularly, to this film. Yeah, look, Paul's going to be a cuckolder, you know? Yeah. That's all there is to it. And he's going to achieve at the end. Victor wasn't that sweet on Elizabeth. He's just, he's going to bang every other maid that they have. That's true. I think Victor just wanted that, that power though, lording his money over people. I do like whenever him and Justine are having their moment Mm -hmm. outside where they're, you know, in that hushed corner and she calls him Victor and he is kind of like, what? And she's like, I'm sorry, Baron. All right. My lord, Baron. Would you make women call you Baron? If you took the title of Baron. No, but I mean, if it was something they'd be down for in, like, cosplay shirt, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm saying, no, like, no, no. You're, you're the earlier scenario you where are you're hiring... If I am the Baron, would I make them call me that? No. Like, during sexy time, you're like... No, call I'm... me Baron, say it like you mean it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For him, it is all about power. It has nothing to do with... He he just craves it. He Whatever power he can get, he craves it. Mm-hmm. In this film. Mm-hmm. True. Nolan, what's your high point? All right. Uh, okay. High point, just the first time we meet uh, the creature, his, the makeup and his look. Do you like that zoom, that eye? I do. Yep. And I really like his eyes look. Um, the one eye Especially the one that's all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a great looking creature, monster, whatever. Yeah. So that's my high. <laughs> my low point, I would say, is just the first I'm being dramatic here. I'm not meaning to be this, but the first like 45 minutes, I just find it uh, a bit hard to get through at times. I just find it a little bit of a bore. But once the creature makes its way into the picture, I I think the mood, the film is, is better for it. And then uh, make them laugh moment is, I, I'm sorry to say, it's just the blind man's death. There's not a lot of, of that, of, of laughter for me in this film, but, but I do enjoy the blind man and the redhead. My high point is a bit of a cheat. It's the establishing of the Hammer House style, which includes Terrence Fisher, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee. It's a great trinity. I love all the stuff that they're going to team up with and do later. I love all the Hammer films. My low point, Nolan's hatred for this film. It upsets me. (laughs) I, I find it... You know, I, I know, like, Hammer Hammer movies, they all look the same, and, you know, you've seen one, you see them all. Side. Marvel movie You You realize going there on. are Hammer movies I really like. It's We've that, talked about them on this show before. It's like, yeah, you know. Just, I'm done with you. I can't even look at you. Universal horrors, you've seen one, they all look the same with their German expressionism. I think The Young Baron is really fun. I just like how, how snide he is when he's getting his cousins out the door i think that's funny and i like his exchange with paul for the first time my high to be different than you i'm gonna say just mad scientists peter cushing's portrayal is victor in this because he is a mad scientist but he's so it his madness is he he's still reserved on the outside he doesn't he's not like frantic and even whenever at the end when he's calling for paul there's still a little bit of it's a little bit more dignified. There's just this, it's not as, it's not as cartoony. Like, it feels a little bit more... Like Colin Clive from 
OG Frankenstein, like, <laughs> yeah. the hair's all wild, yeah. and he's just grabbing <laughs> everything. The thing is, I do love that, but I, I love the idea of it being the madness is more just that constant hungering for power rather than anything he's doing physically because he's so good at just being so quiet in a moment but filling so much of the scenery up and just if you say mad scientist immediately you kind of think of frayed hair and bent over a bunch of equipment and laughing i like that it's not that at all low point i don't really have something that i would say a low point do wish that the creature kind of and I like the pacing of this film. I wouldn't change a thing. But I wish that we got a little bit more of the creature in it. Mm. I wish that he... Because it does take quite a bit for him to make his entry. And But by the point you get to that, and then you have that zoom up on him, and it reveals you know him in the bandages and the face. It looks so cool. It's Again, I wouldn't really change it, but that would be my one gripe, is I wish mm. we had a little bit more Christopher Lee in Would this. you also say you're disappointed that Nolan didn't like the film no I can understand this is one of my favorite hammers I fully understand if it's not for someone else I get it it's not for everybody Nolan loves brides just as much as I do he really loves that film he loves those colors so I have no bad feelings towards Nolan in the way he oh I don't have any I I pity him this picture (laughs) might make him laugh the scene where Victor, so he's been gone on one of his trips, his business trips, and he comes back and it's when Elizabeth's first there and he's like, oh, hi, Elizabeth. And he's in such a good mood. He's like bounding and skipping almost. Mm-hmm. And he has a little, his little briefcase yeah. satchel thing. Paul, come here. I've got something to show you. And he's in such a good mood. And he runs up the stairs to his laboratory and Paul's, you know, in tow. Lock the door. And he's so excited can't wait to show you these and he pulls out this wrapped item and he sets it down and he starts unwrapping it and there's just hands that's right sculptor's hands yeah he's like the hands of a sculptor and he's so proud of this and he's like my creature's gonna be the most perfect creature he's gonna have the most beautiful hands paul's like he's getting ready to cuckold like he's thinking Mm -hmm. about elizabeth he's got it he's playing it out and victor is just like sculptor's hands Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's very funny that's right do we have a Mary Fuck Kill? You know we do. Okay. Does anyone else have anything else to say about The Curse of Frankenstein? Uh, no on my part. Yeah, you wouldn't. Stacy, do you have anything else you'd like to contribute to this episode? <laughs> it's a wonderful film. You should seek it out. Regardless of some opinions. I agree, I do. I love this film quite a bit. With that being said, MFK. Paul, mm-hmm. Victor, the creature. Mm-hmm. Who would like to go first? Paul, Victor, the creature. You go. So here's the thing. I'm going to marry Victor. Here's why. Because he's rich. If he, if anything happens to him, I get to inherit all that shit. Right? Not necessarily. Back in those days, I am a man. Oh. So I can own property. Okay. So I'm going to marry the Baron. Okay. I'm going to fuck Paul. Even though I think he's going to be a little, little bitch about it afterwards. He's going to love you too much. And you're like, this was a hit it and quit it. Switch. Yeah. This was a, you wore that red robe and yeah. the moment struck me. Good day. I'm going to kill the creature because it shouldn't be alive. I imagine that life is painful. Yeah. And if he has any of his memories, like if. Yeah. It, it's fucked. It's very fucked. You know, that's a good point. What if he does have the memories and that's why he's trying to kill because he's pissed off. He got he's pushed like, off push a fucking banister. Yeah, I always think about that. Does the professor remember anything? And he's just like, fuck you, Victor. 
And the mm-hmm. entire time, he's just trying to get him. He becomes the Terminator in that moment. Mm-hmm. Nolan? All right, I'm up. Okay, uh, marrying Paul. Beautiful man. Strong. Wise man. Yeah. Uh, smart. I mean, he knows how to how to create. I'm down for that. Um, I'm effing the monster. Um, I'm going to do what the blind man couldn't. We'll see what happens, you know? I don't know. Will he get aroused? Who knows? And then I'm killing uh, Mr. Victor. Because he's just that evil. Pure evil, you know? Gotta take him out. Can't hmm. be creating dead people out of nothing, you know? I think if you create a dead person, that's still... That's murder, right? The way you said that. Sometimes dead is better. That's right. I am going to F the Baron... One, I think Peter Cushing, his piercing blue eyes. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a very sultry voice. He's very, very handsome. I'm down for that. And the power dynamic. I'm going to marry the creature. Because nice. here's the thing. If we're if we wanna follow where he could learn and he could start talking, I think it, I think I would have I don't want to marry Paul, not interested. I don't want to marry Victor because he's a dick. I think the creature, I'll take care of him, but I'm gonna help teaching things we're gonna see the world i kill paul i am not about it i know that you guys saw that red robe and you thought something was going on but i think paul Mm. is such a (laughs) he's just a man on the sidelines in this film he's just waiting for elizabeth he he wants recognition helping victor but then he's like your house is gonna be so smelly if you marry that creature i'm marrying him feel protected yeah oh for sure very protected which is uh, it's one of the key points that me and Nolan tend to talk about in these choices. We From all the peril that you guys face day to day. <laughs> well, Nolan it's is a danger to himself, it seems. Very hard world out there. <laughs> he, if he had a monster, just catch him sit in chairs correctly. I was sitting in the damn chair correctly. You weren't leaning back too far? No, it gave out. Probably because I've got a fat ass. What else <laughs> you got to say bad about me? You did that yourself. Before we get out of here, I want to do something a little different and fun real quick for this year's Halloween episode. I want each of us to give a recommendation of a horror movie you guys, you all should watch out there during your Halloween viewing season. So uh, we're going to try to give one recommendation on each of our horror episodes here. I'm going to recommend a movie from 1981 called Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, directed by William Asher. And I believe you can find this on Shudder. This is a very insane movie, and I think you will have a lot of fun with it. Don't read anything about it going in. Just be prepared for insanity. And I think you'll enjoy yourselves. I like that. I'm going to go with just something to kind of pair with this film. Um, It's another Hammer, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. It's by Brian Clemens, and it's from 1974. I wish that they had made sequels to this film. The lead actor is so good in the role. It's so well done. I'm kind of blown away by this. I It is one of my favorite Hammer horrors, and I will probably be watching it again this year as well. So. One I need to see. Yeah, I think you'd like it a lot. So I'm going to be boring. I'm going to say The Thing. Mm. But specifically, there's a new 4K out for it. I know that this movie's been released a bajillion times, and I know that everybody has a lot of different opinions about which company has the best transfer and color corrections, and I will say the 4K feels, it looks very close to the source material. It's got a very theatrical look to it. It doesn't have the steely blue tint, 
and it doesn't have the saturated colors. It looks very filmic. I highly recommend that. All right. Good picks, everyone. And uh, yeah, go watch yourself some horror movies because it is the season. All right. Well, this has been a fun episode, everyone. Uh, before we get out of here, you can find us on uh, Cinema Parlor, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Cinema Parlor. You can find us on Instagram at Cinema Parlor. Uh, if you would, please rate, review the show. Um, give us five stars, please. If not, that's okay, but we prefer it. Uh, give us some comments. Um, and uh, let us know if you like the show or not. If you give comments, I will read them on air. Oh, I have a comment from... So, I saw my mother today. My mother and my grandmother. Yes. And my mom had asked me if I was... <laughs> she calls it my film stuff. Have you done any of your film stuff? Mm -hmm. she, meaning, have yeah. you made any short films? Are you doing any makeup stuff that I do? She's very supportive and wonderful. I'm doing podcasts, you know, I've got that. And she was like, yeah, I heard about that. Your brother, he said that I probably shouldn't listen to that. <laughs> I didn't know that my brother had listened to it. <laughs> he uh, said I wouldn't like that language. Oh, no. I really like that a lot. Yeah. So that's a review that we've got okay. recently. Well, we're found. I think that is a solid <laughs> review. And I really enjoy that. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Shout out to Melanie's mom for... For the review, we love it. Anybody else out there, give us some thoughts. I'll read. One of us will read them. Mm. Uh, and then, lastly, you can find me on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. Let's go over four on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media platforms. All right. Well, uh, we will see you guys shortly, and we'll have uh, another spooky episode for you guys coming soon. Whoa. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs>